philosophy and life the American way. You're listening to Pop and Jade. and serious and you might have trouble hearing me because I won't record this without my mask on so ah, of course sorry don't want to get arrested I really don't want my phone to get sick I love my phone and well anyway. I would say uh to the people listening welcome and now we'll tell you who we are we are Pop and Jay which you probably know by now because this is episode number 50 of our podcast Shut up, 50? Yes. Almost as old as you. Almost. Getting there. Wow. Holy cow. 50 episodes. Half a whatever. What is it? It's not a millennium. I don't know what it's called. It's a lot. 50 is a lot. Half a century. How about that? Yeah, but is that what you say when it's just numbers and not time? Yeah, because the derivative of the word sense and century, come on. But we digress. Okay. Is that where Centurion gets his name from? Or is there something related to 50s with them in X-Men? That's right, everyone. Today's episode is going to be about Latin derivative numbers. Ooh, Roman Centurions. It has something to do with 50. We've got to look it up. Um, <laughs> episode number 50. So we were wondering what, what should we make this episode about because it is a big number. Most podcasts, I don't think, make it past five, so we beat well, that. Know. Now, some people would be dissuaded by not, quote-unquote, making it. Like, maybe we don't have a lot of followers, but we have some. And we, we like to talk still, so we are still recording. And who knows, at some point, whenever you're listening to this, maybe we have made it. Maybe this podcast just... Wow. Went on fire and took over, and you just want to know what are they going to talk about today? What is episode fifty going to be about? And well, we so already, excited. We already told them. We already told them. It's about Roman derivative numbers and names, and a centurion in Rome who was in charge of one hundred soldiers. And uh, let's talk about it. Wait, no. The last two episodes, we were both pretty emotional and. We talked a lot about the, maybe a lot of the bad stuff that's happening, and it's hard to not be sidetracked by that. So we're not going to do that this time. We're going to talk about something really important. I wouldn't say we're not going to do that because we probably will, because in talking about today's episode's topic, which is heroes and all things heroic, uh, what is the making of a true hero? I think it will probably inevitably come out what is the opposite of that. And we're seeing, we're seeing both, you know, like always in human history, we got a lot of both going on right now, but I I was struck uh, by the idea 
that heroes are something that are so necessary and they're being torn down for one thing, like actually right now, um, statues of heroes um, and some people who are not heroes, but, you know, we put statues up because that person in theory has done something pretty heroic. Um, And then I yeah, right. Um, they're not all golden calves. We don't worship them. But um, so heroes are important and they're definitely being bro- broken apart. And also uh, I was reading a book that I think we'll talk about or I will a little bit later from Congressman Dan Crenshaw. And one of his chapters was on heroes and how important they are. And I just thought, man, that is true. We could use one right now. This is like. In the Marvel movies, one of those moments when you're like, all right, go ahead and uh, show up here, uh, Spider-Man. We, yeah. we could use it. We could use it right now. So how about we frame this episode as an antidote to some of the stuff that's happening right now? And maybe uh, we can get into why we need heroes uh, and why we need heroic deeds. What is a hero first? What is? Well, and the, not just, yes. Okay. Let's do it. Let's define it. And yeah, I think gotta, one, gotta start there, one right? I would love to play a clip right here of one of my favorite films. Um, and it kind of intros with this same question because one of the theses, theses or plot the points of this entire film, Hercules. Personally, ah. from Walt Disney Animation Studios, is um, what is a hero? I mean, that's really what Hercules in this film struggles with and, and needs to learn uh, to get his place back in Olympus. He has to he has to learn this lesson. So I love this clip from uh, Charlton Heston. Actually, re, uh, delivers this. Yeah, so. let's run it right now. Long ago, in the faraway land of ancient Greece, there was a golden age of powerful gods and extraordinary heroes. And the greatest and strongest of all these heroes was the mighty Hercules. But what is the measure of the true hero? Now, that is what our story is. Will you listen to him? He's making the story sound like some Greek tragedy. Lighten up, dude. We'll take it from here, darling. Yes. So uh, if you haven't seen that uh-huh. film, 1997 classic, Walt Disney Animation Studios, directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, one of the best of the best there. And what is the making of a true hero? Uh, that is the question, isn't it, Pop? What, that is the question today. It is, I, I guess. So let's, let's, an illustrious let's warrior, right a, a mythological mm-hmm. legendary figure, uh, a person admired for achievements, or even someone... Just a person, maybe, who shows great courage. Um, I think that might be more important because those statues represent people, like you said, that did one or more things that were so historically noteworthy that people at the time or after their time just thought, wow, uh, we have to memorialize this. You know, why the heck do we put up statues? It's, it's not idolatry, like you said, but why do we do it? What, what is a statue? When you look at a statue, now, I, you were born in Washington, D.C. Um, 
I was stationed there. I traveled there with my parents uh, several times, and I've been back there since a few times. And it's an amazing city, and it's full of history. Uh, when you do you remember when I took you and the girls and we went to the Lincoln Memorial and there was the statue of him sitting there with oh, all yeah. his words? Yeah. So why do we do that? Why do we put that stuff up? What is is it? If it's not idolatry, what is it? Why do we do it? Um, well, you know, it's to, it's to remember all of, of the great things from that person and it, to instill you with that, that feeling of awe that, that comes from the beauty of the statue itself, because they're usually so, so big. And so, and this is something that's very familiar to us as Catholics. We have a lot of statues of saints, um, and of course, Christ and everything, and, uh, in our churches. So this is something that's pretty familiar to us. And the more beautiful, like giant, especially original statues that you'd go see in like um, the Vatican, you know, they're telling stories. Their illustrations come to life, really, um, statues. And they're a reminder of the people, of what they've done and what they stood for. And uh, and I think on the Lincoln Memorial, um, oh, we might include another clip right here that may or may not be relevant, but I am thinking of one, which is when Lisa Simpson goes and she visits the Lincoln statue and she's reading all the words that are inscribed there. I think probably from his Gettysburg address, but it's giving her the the courage she needs at that moment in this particular episode, which is so good um, to stand up for something that was happening that was corrupt at this particular thing she was doing a contest. I think she, she had won, um, and Lincoln, his spirit and what he stood for and what he did and all she knew of his history instilled her with this courage to to do the right thing in that moment that she really needed. I think because she heard a bribe happening right there. So she saw the, that's what it was. She saw the the, the hypocrisy. She saw politicians right now and then what it could be, the the nature that, that well, and this is what statues also help us remind us of is, of course, we're all humans. Nobody thinks that Lincoln was perfect, although he was very, very good. But this reminds us of what we can do and what we can be. And that's what heroes and statues and stories of heroes uh, should do, I think. How can I read my essay now? I don't believe my own words. He'll show me the way. Mr. Lincoln? Mr. Lincoln, I need your advice. What can I do to make this a better country? Is this a good time to buy a house? I can't get my boy to brush proper. But I look good with a mustache. So I tried these turpentine, but that just make it worse. Mr. Lincoln? Mr. Jefferson, my name is Lisa Simpson, and I have a problem. I know your problem. The Lincoln Memorial was too crowded. Sorry, sir, it's just... No one ever comes to see me. I don't blame them. I never did anything important. Just the Declaration of Independence, the Louisiana Purchase, the dumbwaiter... Uh, maybe I should be going. I caught you at a bad time. Wait! Please don't go. I get so lonely. 
Absolutely. I, it's funny when we, we were talking about doing this and I always like when we go back to our philosophical roots and we define things and, you know, ask questions like, why do we build statues? Uh, C.S. Lewis, a beautiful quote from him that it's one of my all time favorite C.S. Lewis quotes. He says, a pleasure, I'm, I'm going to get it almost exactly right without looking because it's one of my favorites. A pleasure is not fully matured until it is remembered. Um, and, and that reminds me of one of the reasons we build statues. Uh, a heroic act. Think of the tree falling in the forest. If no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Think of a heroic act. Um, is, is it heroic if nobody remembers it? And I think that's what a lot of our founders and, and the people who admired our founders and, and other great people, I think that's what that is. It's like, we don't want this memory to die. Um, it shouldn't die. It should, it should live on because whatever this person did or a series of things, it, it, it mattered. And so we need to remember it because it mattered. And then your point about Lisa Simpson and gaining inspiration, that's like part two. Humans, we need heroes. We need inspiration. We need something to strive for. We need an example to be set for us. That starts from when we're babies and we look at our parents and, you know, when you're little, little, you think your parents are everything, the greatest and and then, of course, when you're a teenager, you think they're the absolute worst. And but, so I think that's part of it. That it, so there's two parts to heroism. Uh, it's the act itself, whatever the the heroism or heroic act or deed or whatever, and then the act remembered, and that's where the true value is. That's why it's so important. It reminds me of people ask a lot why. What makes the Marine Corps different from other services, for example? And I used to be very, you know, arrogant and cocky as a Marine about, oh, because we're the best. But honestly, I understand it now. What makes us, sets us apart, one of the things is from the first week in basic training and boot camp, you are taught history of the Marine Corps. And every single night without fail, before you go to sleep, you sing the Marines hymn, all of your whole platoon in bed, and you say good night, Chesty, wherever you are. And that's a reference to Chesty Puller, uh, arguably the greatest Marine that ever lived. So the Marine Corps doesn't let Marines forget about what came before us. And the reason we don't let Marines forget is the last thing any Marine wants to do is let down that memory. The last thing you want to do is, you know what Machine Gun Dan Daly did in World War I. You know what Smedley Butler did. You know what Chesty did. And when you find yourself in combat or whatever, not even in combat, whatever, you don't want to let them down. So that's really important. <laughs> yeah, I... I had mentioned that I had read Dan Crenshaw's book, Fortitude. I highly recommend it. It's perfect. It's, I think the subtitle is American Resilience in a Time of Victimhood or something like that. But that's exactly what it's about. And he 
well, not like, not I'm trying not, I am not trying to start a fight, but he also has kind words to say about his branch of the military, which he went in the Navy, the Navy SEAL. And, but similar story of what you're saying, which is it, just the way that the military and the Navy and the SEALs build up their legacy in the minds of the recruits. So BUDS that they do their training program is not just, it's all kinds of things. It's, it is physical training, but it's like mostly mental training. And that largely involves like what you're saying, learning about the seals, knowing what seals have done and what they can do. You know that you're not going to die in the training because people have done it. Cause he's talking about specifically training and Although those, some people do <laughs> really. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, people all, die, yeah. Yeah, people, yeah. But it's, it's, anyways, um, but his his first or second chapter is main point, like big, big driving point, it keeps coming back to the book, like I had said, is the the need to have an archetypal hero. So you talked about what is a hero, and it's the, uh, or two parts to heroism, the act and then the act being remembered. And sometimes I think having... I don't know, you can expand more on this, but I don't know what the difference would be, but having an archetypal hero as opposed to only heroes who are real people is, is pretty important too. And he talks about how he's a huge fan of um, Captain America is his biggest one. And then Superman and um, how important these figures, these archetypal heroes are. And a lot of people, like you've you've talked about this, a lot of people find a need to to turn these characters into regular people. But some heroes, we don't do that to. It's like there's, it's good to see regular hero, regular guys turn into superheroes and rise to the challenge. But I find it really necessary to have Captain America balancing out the Avengers. Uh, you know, it's really, it's just a, just a huge honor to have you on board. This. Well, I hope I'm the man for the job. Oh, you are. Absolutely. Uh, we made some modifications to the uniform. I had a little design input. The uniform? Aren't the stars and stripes a little... old-fashioned? Everything that's happening, the things that are about to come to light, people might just need a little old-fashioned. I was definitely team cap and not just cause that's your favorite and it's my favorite, but I, I don't know that having that one character that you can count on to not let you down. And it's nice. The, what you said about an archetype, uh, again, to philosophy, right? What, what is the bigger craze talking about uh, Narnia where the uncle says, it's all in Plato. It's all in Plato. What are they teaching these kids? It's all in Plato. This right. is all in Plato. I mean, Plato's forms, uh, you know, the perfect head of lettuce. That's the only way we can judge other heads of lettuce, for God's sake, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So it, your point about the archetype and, you know, the Marvel universe that everybody, pretty much everybody has watched. Um, there's a lot of people that, 
like to say things like, uh, I like my heroes dark, or I like my heroes, you know, human. And somewhere along the line, the Hollywood got the idea and writers got the idea that you have to make your characters edgy in some way, right? You have to make them, uh, they have to have some, you know, and, and it's beyond the, the fatal flaw, like in a Greek tragedy and a Greek hero. Um, they got that idea. And, and if you remember the disastrous Superman reboot that they did about 15 years ago. Uh, oh, my Lord. Superman had an illegitimate child. He was uh, peeping Tom on Lois. And then, they, then when they went with the god-awful Ben Affleck Batman and the new Superman that they've had out, um, they actually had Superman kill somebody. And, and it made the story edgier. It also made it crap. And, mm-hmm. and that hurt me. That, that, like, that put, uh, just like in the comics did it with Captain America for a while, they, they injected current events politics into it. They're doing it again now. Um, no, see, just, just no, because the archetype thing you're saying is very important. Uh, it's interesting because we're both, we both like to write and there's some truth, there's an imminent well of truth to the fact that you want to write your characters with an arc, like, right. You don't want to write a static character. So like, that's the common wisdom of that. Like, you know, I think that's where writers are going with it but they're missing something with that archetypal superhero. So I would just say to that, that you can have an arc with your character. All the old school that I grew up with, like silver age and golden age comics of Superman, he's not perfect. And does he have angst and stuff? He's absolutely alone on this planet. His planet blew up. He doesn't know his family he, he's an outsider. He's an alien here. He's got all of that going, but he rises above it, and that's the point. Captain America, taken out of his time, brought yes. into modern times, the love of his life gone, and you know all that. That they, they've got real pain, real anguish. They are human. You can you can see their humanity. But I don't think Superman's human. Oh, humanoid. Okay. I don't know what. Kryptonian. I can't remember. Yeah, Kryptonian. Sorry. But anyway, um, they they were never written to be perfect, and that wasn't the point. The only thing perfect about them is they always stay true to what they know is right, and they don't have situational ethics. And that's something that every human struggles with. And it doesn't matter how good or bad. And that leads us to the imperfect or perfectly imperfect uh, little phrase about these heroes. You said it about Lincoln a minute ago. You said, well, he wasn't perfect. Why do we even have to say that caveat? No one is perfect. The only perfect human uh, that had ever lived on this planet was Jesus Christ. And uh, except Don Lamont on CNN has now told us that Jesus made mistakes when he was on earth. But Jesus Christ, if you believe in, if, you, if that's who you believe in, Jesus Christ, admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. Um, so, so it's kind of a false argument. It's kind of a straw man to, to say, yeah, but he wasn't perfect. Why? I, I refuse to 
fall into that with, with any of these. We always have to say it about America, too. Well, we know we have problems. You don't even have to say that. And you certainly don't have to say it about all of these Americans that have lived and done all these things. Of course they weren't perfect. But like Teddy Roosevelt, okay, he was the first real progressive. And a lot of the things he got done were very palatable to even to, to the modern progressives in this country. Um, that the man was off the hook badass. Just there's never been any human in any kind of leadership political role like Teddy Roosevelt. The man gave a speech. While giving a speech, he got shot, and he he refused to go to the doctor until he finished his speech with a bullet in it. So <laughs> this, this is like something and some method of existence that there's a lot him. of crazy facts about Teddy Roosevelt and I can't even remember them all now, but I, oh, just, all the, just all the things that he was and did, like uh, I just finished watching <laughs> Hamilton. The musical is very good. And one of the main themes in that musical is why do you work Hamilton? Like you're running out of time because he just did so much. Um, and that's what Teddy Roosevelt reminds me of too. Just like, maybe he was eminently inspired by the founding fathers and how much some of them got done. Like look at Benjamin Franklin, all the things he got done in his life. You're like, well, how did you do that? Um, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, uh, Nikolai Tesla. Uh, yeah. You have the, these people that, like, uh, the, and the, that's the thing is that's what's so great about finding your heroes is, you know, we're all going to kind of have different things that we strive for, you know, as a mom, I'm going to have heroes that maybe are a little bit more subtle, subdued. Um, or, you know, they don't, they didn't accomplish quote unquote so much, you know, uh, yeah. but they're going to be my heroes. And yeah, like you said, you don't have to say, well, they weren't perfect because that is, yeah, you're right. Like that's pretty dumb, but there's, I guess what the argument to that would be is, isn't there, a, isn't there a level of badness where you can't, you're not, you're no longer going to be able to like, for example, I guess that's what's happening with the Confederate soldiers. Right. Um, yeah. Like what they were doing was so bad or, you know, some people are still so against Jefferson because of whatever his relationships with slaves or whatever. Um, right. so are there things that some heroes quote unquote or people could have done right. for we shouldn't memorialize them? So we had a, a there's a saying in the Marine Corps um, that goes like this: uh, It takes 100 attaboys to make up for one ah sh word. So Ooh, I like and, that. Yeah, and the meaning of that is clear. It's like mm -hmm. you, a, a reputation takes a lifetime to build, and it can be destroyed in an instant. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So. But that's only if the person doing the destroying or the canceling or however you want to, whatever you want to say, that's only if that person cannot see past. Like it's literally not seeing the forest for the trees is, is what it is. Because if, if you want to argue a straw man argument that Thomas Jefferson was not a perfect human being, you will win that argument every day. And, and if the only thing you can see when you look at a statue of Thomas Jefferson is uh, whatever relationship with whatever you said or whatever bad thing you think he did. If that's all you can see, 
then that's on you. That's not on Jefferson. Um, well, what if there yeah. was even something that was, you know, like uh, like Cosby? You know, I wouldn't call him a hero, but it looks well, like he, he had just to a lot of people. I know, and he just had this lifetime of apparently just De- horrible, but you know, depravity. Yeah. So, so that's a great. That's another great question: Is can can a hero fall? Do heroes fall? Um, they yeah. fall all the time. They because they're human. But yeah. So from a solidly just rational philosophical standpoint, that's a great uh, way to phrase it. Is you have a person here, he is or she, and they did, wow, they did this incredible thing. Wow, they did these ten incredible things. And then you discover, oh look, this person uh, cooked a baby and ate it. <laughs> and you go, oh, okay, well as humans with emotions. That person is really going to fall hard in our estimation. But the deeds, whatever that person did before you knew the bad stuff, do those things still exist in, in memory, in, in history? Did they actually still happen? And if they did, then you have to at least say, okay. It's sort of like in the Hall of Fame for baseball, they would talk about putting someone in with an asterisk, like – yeah. The home run, the home run champ, and then they find out that that he took steroids. Yep. Yeah. So that's a that's but, a good point. That's a good example. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, but see, in that case, you could make the argument that the heroic deed really wasn't all that heroic after all, because it was illegitimate. But that doesn't that's apply to what we're talking about with these historical people, because the things they did, Jefferson did. Right, the Declaration of Independence. You know, he did. Yeah. He was our president. He did do so many great, great things. Without which, we would not be free right now in our luxury lives in America. Right? Um, talk about this. I know, and 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 the the system, the, the the Constitution that was that was created by these guys, imperfect, so they were. Uh, is the only reason why our society was able to undo slavery. And, you know, I mean, they, they built the, the mechanisms in there, you know, they, they didn't have to pass it. There was uh very, very well-educated uh, men who signed that, uh, who signed onto the constitution and the declaration who were part of slave states. And they could see that the mechanisms were there to undo slavery, and they didn't make any special. You know, I I, I don't know. Anyways, I no, yeah, good point. I don't know. I feel like you know, it's funny. There's um, a comedian who I really like, and his name is John Crisp. And he, like eight months ago, it was found out. I mean, I've been following him for a couple years, and he's a he's very well known Christian comedian, and but he's super funny but like like almost a year ago eight months ago he it was found out that he had some issues with some girls and drinking and some stuff that had come out that was really against like his image yeah it was really against his image and he's a huge presence on social media instagram specifically is what i follow him on and he's just so funny and like awesome and it was it was really heartbreaking for me that he just decided to take himself off of everything and he just disappeared. Nobody, there's no statement. He was just gone. 
And today, actually, or last night, I guess, but I saw it today, he finally released a video. And I, I was so happy to see him back. And um, just telling, he didn't like go into details, but I think he doesn't have to, but he just said that he went into some treatment stuff and he's been working on himself. And he was just embarrassed to even think about coming back. But he was overwhelmed by the number of people who were just writing to him, telling him that how just talking to him about redemption and, you know, and then I noticed on just like a couple hours after he posted it, it was like 9,000 positive comments on there. Just like people really do like to see heroes come back. That's another they big love, thing. Too, is, yes. A redemption story. I mean, that's what, I mean, we haven't got to that point yet, but like that's the point of humanity and giving to be with Jesus forever. That's what we're all built for to be with God. And, it's all about finishing the race, right? So you got lots of stuff that happens in the middle. Some of it bad. Lots of yeah. it bad. The end is what it's all about. Always this is people start to tell me like, I like this show, I like this whatever, and I'm like, talk to me after it's over. Talk to me at the end. Like I don't care until you finish it. Because to me it all comes down to the ending. Of a so, story, of a person, yeah. of a movie, of a film, of a series, of a whatever, you know? It's the ending. Yeah. What you just reminded me of uh, with the finish thing is St. Paul. And, you know, that's that what you said is from Scripture where he says, you know, I finished the race, all of yeah. that. Well, in today's cancel culture, St. Paul, uh, who authored most of the New Testament, pretty much, um, he would be canceled. Because oh, they try to all the time. You see lots. There's there's. There's many quote unquote Christian like Protestant sections I've heard of in my apologetic setting that do not will not talk about St. Paul because they consider him to be, you know, misogynistic beyond that. No, oh, I'm yeah. talking about uh, his 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 past. OK, before oh, St. Yeah. Paul, before St. Paul became one of the greatest Christians to ever live, he was actually persecuting Christians and was present at the murder of St. Stephen, the first martyr, um, that in today's world, that would get him canceled. And every good thing that he did after that would not matter, would not matter. So, but it, there is a distinction. Like I noticed, it, I think what I like so much about John Chris thing today was like, Oh, he's not canceled because we built him up. He's a, a conservative Christian type. So we don't cancel people, not to get political with all this, but that's not what happens on our side. We love redemption. Yeah. It's still, and it, it's, it, it, it is. All things are political, yes. It's, it just really is. But, people dude, have, on the left, you, like, they're seeing it right now. They eat each other themselves. Yeah. Of course, conservatives. We've been canceled by the left forever. So, yeah, yeah, John Chris is canceled on the left, I'm sure, and everybody, you know, whoever. Everybody's canceled. John Lasseter, I was, oh my gosh, God be with me. I'm blessing myself right now. So they've canceled Splash Mountain off, out of Disneyland. And they're replacing it with, uh, or they'll re-theme it with Princess and the Frog, which is yeah. great too. Tiana's a great hero. And there's nothing really that heroic about the story of Bear Rabbit necessarily. So whatever. It's just sad because it's tradition. But I was thinking today, they canceled John Lasseter, who was also a big hero of mine. One of the founders yeah. of Pixar, uh, he was canceled, removed because of whatever. 
And um, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, please don't remove Radiator Springs because I mean, he is literally Cars Land, like personified. He is Cars, and I'm just like, oh god, no, Cars will be next. Please don't. Well, it, it's true that all things, all things are subject to cancellation now. Um, Apparently, because I never thought I would see the Mount Rushmore stuff and the pulling down of the saints and the Mary statues in our own country. I, I mean, this is magic. Yeah, it is. It's, it's modern infinity. Um, the phrase, the history of now is, I love that phrase because most of the, and I'm going to be charitable here. Okay. Most of the dumbasses, that's as charitable as I can be, um, that have been out there tearing, they, they tore down a statue of Frederick Douglass. didn't say, um, they don't know history. Grant? Come on. Yeah, he Frederick Douglass was black. Um, they, know, but they, don't, they don't know history. They don't know anything. We talked about this in our prior episode, so we won't go into that. But the history of now is so incredibly dangerous. And going back to the point that we made a little bit ago about why do we put up statues? Why do we memorialize things to teach our children? Why, why do we tell our kids about their grandparents and, and all the awesome things their grandparents did? Because we want them to emulate that example. We want them to, to take that example and run with it. And if you, if you tell your, you never would, but if you tell your kids lies about uh, historical figures or even about their grandparents or whatever, um, that's not that's not the way to do it because you don't want a child to think that anyone could be or is or has to be perfect. So like what I learned from my dad was everyone sets an example one way or the other. And I have lived that as best I can. I've taught Marines that I've taught, I teach cops that now um, is find something about someone in your profession or even just in life something about a person that you really like and grab that and make it part of you. They, they probably have a hundred bad things for every, you know, super noble thing, but grab that noble thing and, and put it on yourself, like wear it like a badge or like a, if you're decorating yourself like a Christmas tree. Okay. That guy right there. I love the way he does ABC. I'm going to take that and emulate it. And that is, that is a form of heroism. When, when you can do something in your life that someone else would look at and say, yeah, I, I would like that quality or I would like to be able to do that. Um, that's what like the hero cafeteria should be where you recognize that people aren't perfect, but some people do some damn good things. And the bad things that they've done don't necessarily have to cancel that out. Well, and even like I've thought about this recently um how when you love someone like uh like let's say you had a uh, a teenager or somebody that your own kid and the prodigal son is a great example you are looking if you are doing it right you're looking for the virtues in in these people you're looking for these moments like you say whenever you go you know as a police officer out there in the line of work you do and you encounter people all day and you tell them you're looking for heroes every day that's what we all should be doing for all people all the time and if you can keep in your mind first of all we're called to love everyone we're supposed to be looking 
you know, for these good things in people. That's that's what that's what life is all about. You know, that's why we like reality TV when it really comes down to it, and, and lots of things. The good parts of 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 uh, film and and all the stuff that we like to see, we just can't get enough of seeing other people, and we're because we we are interested in each other, and we are looking for the good. Um, you know, of course, that all everything gets corrupted, and things can go bad. But like when you're a good writer, I I do believe you're trying to write and find the good in your hero. And that's why we were talking about with the character arcs, the arc should, that's what we all are hoping to have for ourselves as well. A good character. arc. So like most, like most things, um, and most wisdom, really all wisdom comes from the Bible. It really does. And things that people don't even realize are biblical are biblical. And what is one of our, I, I know, you know, it, um, I've used another one that's stuck with me forever. It's Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. Um, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Yes, I wanted to get uh, family tattoos of that at one point. Yeah, because and that is ultimately the truth of humanity: is we look to each other all the time for inspiration. We look to each other to be better, to be sharper, to make one another. Uh, a little bit better or a lot better and that is what heroism is heroism yeah and sometimes we misplace that and so we haven't talked a lot about misguided um looking at the wrong sorts of people for yeah but to be our heroes and that happens all the time because even when people are doing bad things they think they're doing it for you know to them it's good to them, it's 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 a good for them, and that doesn't give them a pass. Like, oh, every everybody's got their own truth. No, it means that their conscience is not formed correctly or whatever. Um, but people are looking for heroes, so you know, and leadership and these it's good built into us. Yes, we're relational, and we're you know, wives are looking for their husbands to be the hero of the family and and then families are looking to priests and leadership uh their mayors and or their you know their police people and we're looking to each other to help build each other up and communities are so important and um kids are looking to their parents like you said and um but anyways this gets misguided when people you know when families fall apart when kids don't have dads home they go looking for a dad figure, that hero somewhere. And because nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah, and this happens in in film. And, and, of course, like you said, if you're not well-formed as a teenager, one of my I'm, – I'm very nervous about teenage years with kids, but I'm hoping that maybe God has put me in a position of being a high school teacher so that I can learn some lessons and, and help my own kids because – it's a horrible time that teenagers go through where, you know, they think they, their brains are not fully formed. And so they can go on onto these just really, really bad models, uh, really, really bad versions of what it, what it should be to be a hero. And uh, anyways, I just thought that was something else to think about was like right now, what's going on out there is um, looking to the wrong people to, as, as your heroes. Yeah. You know, I think about people, God, even in college, when I saw people wearing Che Guevara shirts, I just wanted to punch them. 
Like, do you even know what that guy did? What's wrong? And so now I guess is this being hypocritical because didn't he do some great stuff too? Not really, no. He really didn't. Yeah. He really did not. Um, And and that's a great point to mention here uh, when you say choosing the wrong hero. (laughs) Um, Chesterton's quote about educated, I'll butcher it, but paraphrase is, I can tolerate an uneducated person, but I cannot tolerate a badly educated person. And that's what we have with this revisionist history and with the way that the progressive steam machine rolls along and the history of now and all that is kids are being, kids are being told flat out, flat out lies about history. Like they are absolutely being hoodwinked. And so it's hard to blame a kid for putting on a Che Guevara t-shirt because their college professor told them that that was a good and noble and worthy human being instead of the murdering scumbag that he was. That's what it comes down to is, is, you know, you, you are a product of the water you swim in and our education in this, in this society, our, our children are not just on it. They are badly educated and it's, and it's intentional. And it might, this might be a tangent, but I, I also think, you know, um, I, I guess it does come out of the education, but those, those years of like teenage years and early twenties and stuff when so many people seem to kind of get a little bit lost. Um, I think another part of it is that for whatever reason, um, you look to the, and like some, you know, how girls, like teenage girls sometimes will end up with bad boys, quote unquote. All, I think all of this kind of comes to the same thing, which is like, for some reason, a good virtuous person, Captain America type is like, that's just not appealing enough. That's not heroic or that's not cool enough or whatever. Right. And so yeah. there's something else to that, which I don't, I guess maybe that's just a little bit of a tangent, but um, you do start to pick who your heroes are. And, um, I don't know. A lot of times people at that age really pick bad ones. And they're kind of running the show right now, you know? I mean, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> Well, and I've been thinking about, you know, gosh, I keep thinking that in a previous life, I, I, part of me wanted to be a journalist and go out and write. Um, you know, I really enjoy writing. And um, I thought recently, I wish sometimes right now that I was a journalist and I can go cover the actual heroes out there right now. And also the struggling people that are dealing with the shutdown, not shutdown, shutdown, not shutdown, mask, no mask. There's this lady at this um, store right by where we take our daughter to gymnastics, and she she runs a little restaurant, and lockdown, not lockdown. Okay, you can have your business, but only with outside seating. There's no outside seating available there, so they they actually built into their parking lot, took up five of their parking spots, and created one, and um, just so that she could keep doing her business. And I saw her out there, like, physically doing the labor with the guys out there, they were doing it. I'm like, man, you're, I'm so sorry you have to go through all this. And she was sorry too, but she, you know, that was heroic to me. Like just thinking like, that is anyways, so I was thinking about um, who is lauded in the journalism right now. Are you seeing these stories anywhere? Where is the journalism covering the actual everyday heroes out there 
the cops that are still going to work, even though they are being completely defamed by people and just killed. Uh, who's covering this? Like, wh- who is actually covering? And I think there's been many different times during um, the long running cycle of like Gotham City when, or no, I guess I'd be thinking of uh, Superman with Lois Lane and the Daily Bugle or whatever. Like, who's running the? That would be the Daily the... Planet. Oh yeah, the, sorry. Day, the Daily Bugle is Spider-Man. Egad. <laughs> oh yeah, well that him too. Anyway, so like where like Barry Weiss, the one of the editors at New York Times, stepped down yesterday, and she wrote this really awesome, scathing letter to them, just talking about yeah, how these woke, that. these woke young, like millennials and uh, whatever the next generation is, are like running the show now. Whatever they find offensive is canceled. It's just there's no there's nothing. There's no other opinions allowed, and um, Anyways, I just that's that's this is having an impact on what people think is heroic, and uh, it, it definitely is. I because, would not yeah. want to be a little kid right now. It, it's just got to be awful. <laughs> I know, I know. And who do you look up to right now? Most people who I who I'm friends with on social media who are younger people, like young cousins and stuff, their heroes involve people who are wearing their masks every day, and I'm like. Okay. Yeah, that's uh that's one way to look at life right now, I guess. And well, it just makes me want to do something and makes me want to like, do something too. <laughs> I know. I just feel like I'm not doing enough to spread the truth of this great nation and I, I imagine a lot of Americans are feeling this right now and um I hope that we all get it together and, and do some things to remind people well, uh let's let's throw some uh inspirational quotes out since we always do that. Um, this one here on the topic of kids, I, if there's a better way to say this, I've not seen it. Uh, quote, since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. Otherwise, you are making their destiny not brighter, but darker. Could that not be talking about what's happening right this minute. And I wonder, was C.S. Lewis, were, were people at that time, like, trying to say that maybe fairy tales were, like, nonsense or something for kids to spend their time learning about? Anyways, well, I love it. That's perfect. If you've read his uh, The Abolition of Man, it's it's all about this sort of thing. It's about, and that was happening in the 50s and 60s in academia, Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Heinrich Hein, who was a poet from the 18th century, I got a quote from him that I really love, also about now. Uh, He said, the men of the past had convictions, while we moderns have only opinions. (laughs) And isn't that like the way it is? It's like, uh, it's about feelings. And how you feel and your opinion, even though it's a badly educated opinion, we don't have convictions anymore. What what is what is a bedrock principle for some of this these people in this quote movement? Uh, There is not one. There are a hundred different petty causes and and zero convictions, 
And it's hard to have a conviction if you don't know anything about the world and how it operates and how it always has operated. Uh, speaking of St. Paul, I better hit this one, right, Jess? Do it. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And that's from Philippians chapter 4. Um, he's saying what we've been saying. He's, he's saying, look to the higher things. Look to the deeds. Look to the, the noble, good, praiseworthy things and put them into practice. And if you do, God will bless you and your life will be good. I like, I think about that quote a lot because um, there's another quote that I don't know offhand, but it's about reaping, sow a, sow a habit, reap a, you know. Uh, yeah, that's um, Emerson. The so idea of like, yeah. yeah, whatever you, whatever you do every day, like that's, that's going to make, reminds me of, um, like if you spend your time thinking about <clears throat> and doing the things that are, that are good. And so that, that that's Emerson. Uh, sow mm-hmm. a thought, you reap an action. Sow an action, and you reap a habit. Sow a habit, and you reap a character. And then sow a character, and you reap a destiny. And oh, there you go. That too. Yeah, I like that, too. That's the history of mankind. <laughs> uh, okay. Tolkien, of course, has a lot to say about big stuff, but uh, I love... There's a couple of Tolkien's. Uh, this is from Fellowship, uh, where Frodo says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And Gandalf says, so do I. And so do all who live and see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Yeah, essence of heroism. I put that quote on my graduation card. Yep. All we have, just the end of it, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us, because that's really the truth. Like, we don't know what we have. I think this would be a good spot for me to play another clip, too, because speaking of uh, fellowship, or I mean, speaking of Lord of the Rings and Tolkien, or I guess you're going to read more Tolkien quotes. There's so many. Well, I know the clip, and let's play it after this one here, okay? Okay. Um, War must be. While we defend our lives against a destroyer who would devour all, but I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I love only that which they defend. Is that Aragorn saying that? Yeah. Uh, I do believe, yeah. But that, that point about what do we fight for, what do we it's not for what's behind it's not for what's in front of us it's for what's behind us right and yeah yeah that's a really good one this would be a great place for that aragorn clip
I see in your eyes. The same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West! And just <laughs> how many times have I been pumped up by that? I don't um, know if you noticed that letter that I shared with you guys uh, involving my work. I, I included that part of that. <laughs> in that letter because uh, I think of that quote uh, of that little speech all the time. Uh, because right when he says for Frodo, uh, what yeah. he's saying is for the ideals, for the, for, for, for the good, for, for everything good. You know, he doesn't know yeah. for sure Frodo's well, he knows he's over there. He could be dead or what it's for this bigger ideal that we, it's for what the good that we all know. And it's just so, and I, we haven't talked that much about like, um, military motivational stuff, but like, I can't even, you guys have to have heroes when you go into battle. And I see um, you guys, but we all go into spiritual battle every day, you know, it's oh, not just we, in battle. That's right. We it's whatever, be, whatever is the challenge is, um, you either do what, uh, just speaking of Tolkien, you either do what so many do in this culture now, this cancel culture, it, where you just, you surrender your convictions. And, you know, Tolkien said, living by faith includes the call to something greater than cowardly self-preservation. So until people like the the lady you mentioned from uh, New York Times, until people stand up instead of just worrying about their little self-preservation, uh, this stuff's going to continue rolling from Frodo. Yeah. The other great, great inspirational speech of all time is uh, St. Crispin's Day speech from Henry V. Um, there's so many versions of that in film and TV and all. And in that series, Band of Brothers, one of the nerdy little <clears throat> army privates uh, in the rain recites the speech and the whole unit just gets so it's World War Two. They just get so motivated by it, but it's. You know, it's Have we know. played that in one of our episodes before? I feel like I've heard it, and like you told me to listen to it, and I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's it's a very long one, but it has, you know, it has the famous. Uh, it basically goes through and talks about how good and noble and righteous it is for them to be together, and and how it'll be remembered, um, and the famous ending to it. Uh, but we, in it, shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Be he never so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed that they were not here and hold their manhood cheap when any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day. 
Oh yeah, that's good stuff. That's that's leading straight into everyone's speech. Yeah, I think Tolkien was inspired by that. Um, Who hasn't been inspired by Shakespeare? (laughs) Speaking of heroes. Yeah, exactly. There's a hero, but I don't know. Was he perfect? There's a secret rumor that he might have been one of those, you know, creepy Catholics. That's true. That that will get him canceled. Sorry. Sorry, Bill. Okay, well, we don't have much more time, so what else can we say about heroes? Um, well, well Will, Will Rogers says we can't all be heroes because somebody has to sit on the curb and applaud when they go by. <laughs> yeah, praise. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a good one. Um, oh, John Keats, the poet. Love this one. Uh it's a little cynical, but it's good. There's an electric fire in human nature tending to purify so that among these human creatures, there is continually some birth of heroism. The pity is that we must wonder at it as if, as we would in finding a pearl in the rubbish. So what he's saying there is uh, you shouldn't be surprised when people do heroic things because it's in all of us. And it's sad that, it's sad that we are sometimes. Or that we even sad. can't recognize it. Sometimes yeah. we just throw the pearl out. Yeah. Um, Emerson again, uh, Ralph Waldo type. He said, a hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he is brave five minutes longer. And like everything Ooh, Emerson writes, that one resonates because what's the difference between two people in a similar situation and one of them does something? And the other one does nothing or does the wrong thing. Um, it's it's like Keith said, it's that fire. It's that thing inside of us. Um, when the hero, oh, here we go. I, I can't, Heinrich Hein again from, this dude was a prophet. He was a poet in the 18th century. He's totally talking about now. He said, well, of course, he, was, he had seen the French Revolution, which was very similar to this nonsense. There was a lot of weirdness going on there. Um, he said, when the, when the heroes go off the stage, the clowns come on. <laughs> um, that's pretty much what's happening right now. Oh, that, that reminds me of another Shakespeare line uh, that I can't think of because I'm terrible with quotes when he says, oh, the world's a stage and we are all, but we all have our part to play. Um, yeah. And that we are, but I, we are, but players. But it's like so important because we do have a role. And like that quote is saying there, it's like, what are you going to be on the stage? You know, this is your time. This is your moment on the stage right now. In your life. It is. All the world. This is it. Yeah. All the world. um, It's from his play, As You Like It. Um, All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts his acts being seven ages. And then he goes on, you know, talking about the life, basically the incident, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's true. I think the idea of of that is really important. The heart of thinking of yourself as this, this is it. What, what are you going to be? Who are you? And I love that about Dan Crenshaw's book uh, that he keeps bringing, he keeps going back to that. Who are you? Who is the hero that you want to be? Uh, you know, what kind of a person are you? Do you want to be today? And we're all going to fall short of that every day. 
but think of yourself as a hero. Think of yourself as who you want to be and get up and do it. My hero, one of my heroes is Walt Disney, and he said the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. And talk about somebody who got a lot done, and he only lived to be 65 years old. And, um, man, (laughs) I would say he changed the world. Yes. He definitely did. And and he did it. And and that's the other thing about uh, heroism is whether it's a person in your everyday life or one of the big famous ones. The one thing all heroic acts have in common is they overcame something, some force or some problem or something like that. That old saying, it might even be my quote. I don't know if I quoted myself or someone else, but uh, obstacles are an invitation to courage. And like those two people I mentioned a minute ago, there's, there's an obstacle in front of them. One of them uses that obstacle to acquire courage to reach down inside fortitude, like the title of, of Crenshaw's book. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And the other one shirks and shrinks and goes into the fetal position. And Tolkien had a quote about that person too. He said, faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens, because that's not what heroes do. They don't say farewell. Oh, I'm out of here. Uh, that's not what they do. They do the exact opposite. Man, what so, a good episode! I have to, I have to go. But I. Oh, well, do we have I, do we have two minutes for me to read? Since we didn't do a list, um, no uh, editorializing on any of them. But I am very quickly going to read fifty American heroes chosen at random, and we could probably go five hundred. But Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, John Adams, Daniel Boone. Davy Crockett, Thomas Jefferson, John Paul Jones, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, Andrew Jackson, Zachary Taylor, Robert E. Lee. Yes, I said Robert E. Lee. Oh, that was controversial. I already said Davy Crockett. Abraham Lincoln, uh, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Frederick Douglass, Harriet Tubman. I need to see her on money. She needs to be on money. Frederick Douglass needs to be on money right now. Theodore Roosevelt, Andrew Carnegie. Thomas Edison, Douglas MacArthur, George Patton, Irving Berlin, Alvin York, Dwight Eisenhower, Rosa Parks, Ronald Reagan, Louis Armstrong, George Gershwin, Amelia Earhart, Jesse Owens, John F. Kennedy, Ted Williams, Jackie Robinson, for God's sake, Johnny Unitas, Neil Armstrong, Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Hansen, John Glenn, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, Steve Jobs, Joe Montana, John Elway. Pat Tillman, David Petraeus, Joe Arpaio, uh, police officer Kimberly Munley, pilot Chesley Solenberger. Remember him? Who the plane saved those people? Oh, yeah. And Medal of Honor recipient Gregory Pappy Boyington. And here's two quick extras Medal of Honor recipient Audie Murphy. There, that was 50, might have been 51. Well, 50 didn't. American heroes. Well, you already mentioned him. I know, I'm just saying. And what I wanted to close with was, uh, I love this so much because I love Robert Downey Jr. And I love what he did here. It's very Greg Gunfeldish. Um, he said, I think There's a hero, all, Me too. I think that we all do heroic things. But hero is not a noun, it's a verb. <laughs> and so oh, for, my clo- for my closing, I would just say, people, let's move forward. Let's get out there and hero, as in a verb. Let's go hero. 
Ooh, I like it. Let's hero. And for oh. Walt Disney, we keep moving forward, opening new doors, doing new yeah. things, because we're curious, and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. So stay curious, be be a hero. Wait, no, don't be a hero. That's a no. Hero. Go hero, everybody. And who's not a hero is all of our family members that cowardly uh, took the coward's way out and did not call into this episode, even though I invited hey. them. Don't call them out. That's not very heroic. Jeez, I unheroed, didn't I? I love you guys. Yeah. I'm kidding. You are all my heroes. My family is my heroes. To be. Oh, okay. We know what the song's going to be. Wind beneath my wings. Just kidding. All right. Oh. And keep moving forward, everybody. As Pop always says, Pop, all you're right. my hero. Bye. And and you mine. God bless.